Welcome, everybody, to the episode two of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. We try and stick to a hard and fast 10-minute rule for each discussion, and at the end of each show, we like to tack on a little something. Interact with us on Twitter at Two on Three Pod. <laughs> two on Three Pod. Two or on you Three can... Pod people. <laughs> or, no. you can e- or you can email us at 2on3pod at gmail.com. Today we're talking uh, about Seattle properties, um, the NBA, which started on Christmas Day, which means it's the beginning of the NBA season for me. I agree. <laughs> and stuff that doesn't make any sense, which may become a recurring... <laughs> recurring... We'll see how this one goes. But <laughs> The subject matter might be a little dicey. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it... Uh, uh, three might be for adult uh, listeners only. So if you're chill, if you're four year, if you're letting your four year and five year olds listen to our podcast, well, good for you. But uh, it might be a little dicey. I did syndicate the podcast with an explicit rating, so you you've been forewarned. Really? Well, explicit. I mean, I, th- I think I said cocksucker in episode zero. So, <laughs> <laughs> but really, the explicit. We're like the two live crew. Well, it's Look. just there. It's it's a it's a it's a binary. It's a binary choice. <laughs> Tipper Gore is going to call my house. And, there's not know. like you know. There's not like a single X. It's it's just it's it's no X's or three, and that's we, I had to pick three. By the way, I just completely dated myself by making Tipper jo- Tipper Gore jokes there. <laughs> anyway, so topic number one is Seattle property way out of control. Earlier this week, there was this hilarious post about this property selling in Seattle, this completely burned out meth house on Beacon (laughs) Hill, posted for $550,000. It's like 500 square feet, like two bedrooms and one bath, and literally had been on fire two days ago. So half million dollar teardown. (laughs) Half million dollar teardown. And your question the, is, is it out of control? <laughs> the funny thing is, I grew up in the Midwest in a small town of about 5,000 people where the most expensive house I grew yeah. up in may have been $200,000, $150,000. I mean, Seattle property always blew me away. Even when I first moved here and in the early 90s, everything was expensive compared to like the rest of the country but nowadays it just seems like it's gone completely buck wild especially if you're in the city limits for sure i lived in a town outside the city about well not outside the city two hours outside the city (laughs) of just a few thousand people um in uh, junior high and it was the first house my parents bought and i remember it was like something like eighty four thousand dollars uh for like a you know a three-bedroom house with a bonus room, nothing spectacular, but on a piece of property and stuff. And I, I still think that my impressions of the economy in the '90s and, and like what I like decided things were going to cost as a kid still colors my impression today in a way that I probably should have learned better by now. <laughs> um, <laughs> like what? Um, you know, I don't know. For some reason, it sticks in my head that you could buy like a a, a Toyota pickup for like ten grand, like a new Toyota pickup in like nineteen ninety four, like I don't know, maybe nineteen eighty eight, for like ten grand. Do they sell cars for ten grand anymore? <laughs> I um, there must be a ten thousand dollar car, a brand new like ten thousand dollar something. I don't must know. Be. I don't know. Someone must have bought one. Uh, can't you get like it? Doesn't Steph? Uh, uh, Stefan Marbury make $3 shoes in China. <laughs> They're like super cheap. <laughs> but really, it, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I, you know, thank God. I mean, it's one of those kind of things. Luckily, you know, 
you know, we we lived in the city for a while. We bought our first house. Uh, my wife and I we bought our first house in the city, and it for what we paid, maybe like just under three hundred thousand dollars. A pretty nice, you know, pretty nice house. The mm-hmm. in early, you know, in the early two thousand, like two thousand two or something like that. But now, like, what you can't get <laughs> for 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 fifty percent more than what we own that house for, you get a five hundred square foot burned out nothing, <laughs> which which is literally like two miles, like a mile and a half from where we bought our first house in the city. Yeah, what I don't understand about this location too is, it, <clears throat> so I, I sold a house in the Seattle in in the Seattle city limits, um, less than three years ago, or just about, sorry, just over two years ago rather, and this price is basically what we sold our fully functional house for. <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, this uh, this lot says it's 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 uh, zoned for a thirty six hundred square foot house, and the house we sold was two thousand and five square feet, so significantly smaller. But there was again. An actual house. <laughs> um, so I, I gotta say that, in the, in my opinion, and then this, uh, this is my other thing is, I, how do you feel about this neighborhood? Because I know that it's up and coming. I know there's a lot of gentrification going on here. They obviously sell it this way on the on the listing, talking about how there's lots of construction in the area in progress. But I would have preferred, I think, to live where I just moved from. Um, and and again, so this neighborhood's seemingly preferable, but it's south of the stadiums i know it's you know beacon hills it can be a good neighborhood kind of depends on where you're at what's your take on the location the uh you know it's close in it's close enough in so if you work downtown which is i think what they're what they're really selling this to the crowd that that works in the core yeah of seattle i mean it's a it's a it's a it's a fine spot to be but you know it's like it's it seems like and you know, I, you hear this complaint pretty regularly, right? Like people who, who make, what you might consider a below average income, have no place to be in Seattle. Uh, absolutely. I, mean, I don't even know where you'd go. I mean, it's like certainly not to at least buy a house. I think that well, that you're if you're thinking about people who are not low income but lower income like if you were if you were just starting out if you can just imagine you and your wife at 25 years old or whatever you know starting out it's like where do you where does even if you have decent jobs where do you where do you buy it where can you get a place yeah that's what i was gonna say is isn't the medium salary like seventy thousand dollars now so even if you have two of those if you're making you know let's say you together you make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year a five hundred fifty thousand dollar house is not, I mean, it's a $550,000 house, maybe not outside your price range if you've been saving for it, but a $550,000 teardown is certainly not something <laughs> right. you're going to be able to swing. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the whole part of it is whoever has this money to sort of, to, to put into a house there. So you're 550, <clears throat> you wreck it, and then you're going to put how much, I don't even know what, what's a new construction going to cost you? You've, I don't you, know. Yeah. I mean... Let's the last it. house I was a part of that got built from scratch was more than 20 years ago. Oh. And that and that was about $200,000. Yeah. So now, you know, adjust it for inflation. So you're, I mean, you can't even get started here for anything less than a million, right? You're just, there's just nothing, there's no, there's, you, you need a million bucks. Well, okay, so the, flip, so the flip side has to be then, then you're already moneyed and you've been wanting this neighborhood. Right. And and I guess I just I, I don't understand the motivation behind being 
well-moneyed and living actually in a place that's so tight to downtown. I, to me, part of having money is not having to be close to other people. I, right. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's kind of an old, that's, I think that's a bit of, I don't think that, I don't know if the, the, uh, the statistics back that up entirely. I think people with money want to live closer in now. People want to live in the downtown core. They want, you know, especially people with no kids. Right. Yeah. Right. So we're talking about we're talking about the Amazons for the most part. I mean, you're looking at eighty eighty thousand a year is the median income in uh, in uh, in Seattle these days. That's I mean, but if I if you're making eighty grand a year and you're trying to live downtown in a what three thousand dollar a month rental at least, right? Yeah, at least. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, you can't. You know, no, I had a, I had a buddy who had an apartment, one of those downtown towers, and I remember he told me the obscene rent he paid. And then we, I was like, oh, this is a great building. And then we, then we went up to his apartment. I'm like, oh, your apartment is like 800 square feet, maybe. <laughs> <Right. laughs> like this, this kind of sucks. Right. Not gonna lie to you. Yeah, <laughs> nice, v- nice view. I hope you enjoy paying for the part of the house you can't live in. <laughs> <laughs> so people are into that, but I, I saw that, that, that post just made me laugh because it just seems like it is what Seattle, what Seattle income, you know, what Seattle real estate is about. It's about, you got to have serious cash these days. I mean, we moved out to the, the burbs and, you know, essentially doubled our square footage and didn't, and paid less, mm-hmm. you know, that's not a thing anymore. Even in the it, burbs, even in the burbs now, you're still paying like, you're still paying very similar prices because um, the inventory stays low, right? People are not selling, especially in these, the first level of suburbs that are only 20 to 30 minutes outside of downtown um, where there isn't any more real space to build or if there is space to build, it's extremely limited and, and people are not trying to, you know, I certainly hope we don't start to see the, I, I know we will, but uh, you know, all the, the, uh, the real tight suburbs and they're not even suburbs it's the neighborhoods outside of downtown sort of a bunch of older houses would get torn down and then three units on a single lot would get built in this place and i've got to think that eventually that expansion is going to come to the immediate suburbs too right like eventually i'm going to have four neighbors where i had two yeah but i think that you're looking at if we use san francisco as our our cautionary tale here where when you go to san francisco it's just stacked building after stacked building for as far as the eye can see like mm-hmm. they got rid of all their trees i mean that's the beauty of seattle right is mm-hmm. the fact that people kept the trees and built single family housing yeah especially in the immediate suburbs especially in the immediate neighborhoods like you yeah. know your queen anne and your wallingford and all those kinds of places true yeah are. still lots of vegetation in those neighborhoods yeah but you know i don't know if we get to that point but certainly the downtown core is all about density right that i mean how many cranes that i see just tonight driving through the city like people 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 things are just happening there so you know we'll see we'll see what happens to it i i do feel i do feel bad for you know people who are starting out who want to work in the city and and be part of a vibrant city and want to not throw flush all their money down on rent but, yeah, uh, and hey, I mean, the government just made it significantly harder to get rich if you're not already rich. So, you know, these things are definitely going in the right direction together and not, you know, two arrows. Oh, yeah, the Ooga's back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 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 kids, good luck out there if you're trying to buy some, <laughs> some real estate in Seattle. Um, 
you do what you can. I'll right. tell you what, don't get sucked into it thinking that you're there's not you're not going to be able to buy it at some point in the future because that's what I did and then I was trapped in a house for a number of years because of the timing that we bought at. Uh, I hear you. All right, topic number 2, the NBA. So, we've been talking about football here in the this fall. We'll talk a little bit about, about it probably later. But Christmas Day, the NBA had 5 games <laughs> on Christmas Day. I thought that was kind of a lot, but um, Christmas Day is generally the day the NBA starts for me. Um, what are your initial thoughts on on this year's NBA uh, NBA season? Well, considering that we just you know made this very localized with our first topic and the fact that we are a Seattle-based podcast, it's going to be a divisive topic, I think, for many of our our listener fans. <laughs> yeah, are people still hurting? I mean, how I, long is this? How how long are we going to hold on to this? Hey, I know people are like NBA is just not in my life. Yeah, you still care. I mean, the Sonics left town, and you just said, "Screw." It. I'm not like I'm not like that. I well, I don't. But the thing is, here's the thing: I don't watch a lick of it honestly until the playoffs start. Yeah. Um, I used to watch Sonics games, and it's just like baseball for me. I only I don't watch baseball games that aren't the Mariners mm. until and then the playoffs. You know, I'll, I'll absorb a lot more of it. Um, I absorb the NBA in a really weird way, primarily just through social media, really just through Twitter, because a lot of people whose opinions I like on other sports are also big into the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like the NBA community on Twitter. You know, the NBA was uh, really good about adopting new media as a, you know, as a, a seamless platform early on, right? There were highlights, pro highlights online, you, you know, un- very much unlike the NFL and MLB have been. Um, and so I've always felt like the NBA has a presence in my life, even though I'm not, I don't have a team anymore and I'm not super, what I would say, super into it. I still get excited about it because cool shit happens. And that's right. what I watch sports for anyway. Right. Well, Twitter will bubble up anything that's, pretty amazing right correct it'll just, yeah it'll show up on a it'll show up on a quick you know consumable five seconds of highlight from somebody like some sick dunk or a buzzer beater or whatever just sort of floats into your world via via twitter yeah and i mean i you know i love uh, as far as this year is concerned um i've been a fan of Giannis since he came into the league the, the Greek freak in Milwaukee. Um, I remember when there was rumors about Milwaukee potentially becoming the Seattle team. I was like, absolutely. Let me get the Antetokounmpo jersey immediately. They signed up. <laughs> very nice. Sucks. Very nicely handling the name there. Congrats. I've said it enough times because I'm such a big fan. <laughs> I've got it on. I've got it on lock. Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's great. It's a great name. It is a great name. And uh, no, and the thing is, uh, social media really works for the NBA because the NBA is a star-driven league. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 15. There are probably 15 guys in the NBA that you that are considered stars, like real deal superstars. And so Twitter really works for them. You know, you can you know people get to follow them. They they chat back sometimes. Mm-hmm. They they probably get a, an unbelievable rash of crap. You know, you could be <laughs> you Kevin Durant and make a bunch yeah. of fake <laughs> make a bunch of fake Twitter accounts to defend yourself. That's my favorite, a current favorite NBA meme is the one where people have a picture of Kevin Durant with his hands on his knees like, using a phone. Have you seen this? No. <laughs> so it's just a photo of him using his, a phone, like in the locker room, though, clearly. Uh-huh. And it's just captioned with like a quote of some kind where it's KD saying something about KD. Like, <laughs> right. oh, KD plays some sick defense on LeBron tonight. Not even the thing. Like, oh, there's whatever it was. Like, <laughs> anyway, I've seen that pop up a number of times. It's pretty funny. KD, KD. Well, we maybe we'll, we'll we'll work our way around to KD here in a second because there's a lot of talk about how KD is now the best player in the league. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. Where you, where do you stand on that? Well, for whether or not that he currently is the best player in the league, I'm I'm uh, I, I am a huge stand for LeBron. 
uh, in the last like six years, I would say that my sort of where does LeBron rank historically has for me getting over that hump against the Warriors and, and, and dragging that sort of, you know, inferior or, or poorly built Cavs team to a title um, in a, in a really historic way. I mean, to me, it's, it's one A and one B and I'm not even sure what the order is anymore. I know a lot of people would, you know, that the people had that take when that first happened and that was a little more popular. And now it seems like the, the shine is coming off, but LeBron is also having like his best year from three ever right now. Currently mm-hmm. um, he's, he is to me, he looks like he could play for another, you know, eight years at a high level because I think he's, it took him a long time to get this early on, but he, uh, he figured out how to really adapt his game as his body changed and he got a little older. And yeah. it seems like he's finally figured out now, like, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, change this wrinkle to my game every year and, and continue to evolve. And um, anyway, so I know your question was about KD, but obviously, uh, no. LeBron is the best player in the league for me every day. <laughs> every day. It's, yeah. Currently uh, going back a while now. Good. Good. You know, Durant, Durant, there's no question Durant's a good player. I mean, but. Here's a guy who joined a 73-win team, <laughs> and they won a championship. Oh, oh, great! So thank you. I mean, like, it's thanks not for inter- showing it's up. It's not. In- it's not interesting. It's not interesting. Does that? I mean, does that kind of ru- that kind of move? That kind of move for me kind of ruins the league a little bit. Where a guy says, "I, you know, I understand getting your friends together." Yeah. I mean, I get that because basketball's kind of an intimate sport there's only five of you on the court at the time and you know if you if you have a friend in the league like lebron and Dwayne wade have been mm-hmm. it's like it's fun it's like hey let's go play together that right. would be fun let's enjoy this but for durant to like jump off his team that should have beaten the warriors right in that playoff series probably and, and then go to that 73 win team just so he could get a ring this is terrible i just can't support that i think it's just I think it's just, it's a business move and I, you know, whatever, but I can't actually the thing is I'm not going to, I can't crap on the guy because I I try not to hold athletes in sort of more esteem than regular people. You know what I mean? So if it's, if you put it in simple professional terms, like, you know, people were getting upset a little bit because um, LeBron was doing some lightweight bitching on Twitter about being away from the holidays for work, Mm -hmm. but that's what it is. He has yeah. to work on, you know, what, you know, what's what the our national holiday, what sort of everybody has off. Uh, so anyway, what I was getting at was that if it was me and I was offered, you know, if I had been toiling away at some pretty good company, uh, making really good coin, feeling good about my place at that organization, and then our main, our chief competitor, who we just haven't been able to get on the hump and keeps innovating ahead of us, plus I've got to deal with this super like difficult coworker all the time every day to like mm-hmm. accomplish things at this current company. I get the move. You know what I mean? I'm not going to hate on him for, for moving on, but yes, purely from a competition perspective, obviously um, it's not in my opinion, good for the league, but that stuff doesn't always work out either. I mean, look at Oklahoma city this year, right? It's like, maybe they're getting it together and it did take the warriors a while to sort of figure things out last year. And they certainly didn't look like the 73 win team that they did the year before. Um, but Yes, it sucks for the intrigue of the league. I'd rather see KD sort of lead his own squad and have four or five teams that were in the in the mix, not, you know, I mean, what do we really have? Is there any chance we're not going to get the same finals again? No, there's no chance. That's the that's the horrible part about it, right? It's like we're definitely seeing Cavs-Warriors again. Yeah. And, and that's – I don't think that's good for the league, but, you know, 
I also think, to your point, LeBron is the better player. I think that what bothers me about Durant more than anything is a guy who hops onto a 73-win team and then crows about how he doesn't get any respect. <laughs> I'm just like, pipe down, pal. LeBron I mean, for me, is, or sorry, uh, KD for me has always had a little too much Kobe in him. A little too moody for me, a little too streaky here and there, a little too, you know, I mean, it's always hard. It was hard to really evaluate him ever because of Russ, Russell Westbrook. And I feel like it's even harder now with him on the Warriors. It's like you can see in a vacuum the things he does is amazing or are amazing. But purely on a how good are you if you had to be 60% of your team, which is kind of how we, you know, I think that's the Jordan effect, right, is this sort of idea that, you can have one other really, really good guy. One other all-world guy is fine. Right. Um, but you still have to be responsible for minimum utilization of 40%, probably more like 60 of your of your team's possessions. And what is what do you do when that's the situation? Plus, can you play defense? Yeah. Well, I mean, KD's a much improved defender this year. So, I don't know. Like I said, I think uh, your, your point of the NBA being a playoff kind of, you know, you're not going to pay attention to the playoffs. I don't blame you. <laughs> but it's really kind of the only thing that goes on after football. After yeah. football what I should stops. say is, I just won't watch it. I'll know what's going on, just like I said, because I absorb it through osmosis. Mm-hmm. But my point about the about KDB and Kobe is this: Kobe came into the league when Jordan was still around, so he was in Mike's shadow for the first few years, matured out of it. But then LeBron came, and then LeBron was exciting at the same time Kobe was the best. So it always felt like Kobe wasn't really the best because LeBron was about to be the best. Right. And I think right. that Giannis is going to do that to KD. Oh. Yeah, it's going to like, be... Yeah, yeah, KD is going to be this sort of... Maybe he's the best, but he's kind of the second banana, and then he's going to be eclipsed before he ever gets a chance, before LeBron has a serious decline. Right. I think somebody I think somebody on the radio explained... I don't know which talking head on the radio that I was listening to, but he, uh, but he said that uh, Kobe was the best player that was never the best player in the league. Exactly. That's exactly correct. Yes. And and you're thinking KD's heir to that, you're heir to that throne. Absolutely. To, to yeah. be the best player who was never the best player in the league. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's perfect. That's a perfect way to describe what I think Katie's career will ultimately look like. <laughs> Their Model T shows up again. <laughs> I like it. The klaxon <laughs> was too scary. Are we keeping that? Are we really keeping I that? Know, you, we can change it. It can be whatever you want. You pick something uh, else. Tell me what you want. Uh, I have to, I have to make it. Make that. You make, make it a make yourself a custom noise. Make. <laughs> Do you want speaking me? speaking of custom noises, our next topic. <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't want me to get the punch-in, one of those Arnold punch-ins we could use. <laughs> Stop it right now, you idiot. Who's your daddy and what does he do? Sure. Yes. The um, All right. So, in our next topic, topic number three. <laughs> do you want me to introduce this one since I sent it to you? <laughs> or do you want to write, well, you want is, to write well, on well, this? Hang on. The, 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 uh, so, this is, the, this, is, this is perhaps a reoccurring thing, but we're going to yeah. call this, this, this segment stuff that doesn't make sense. Sure. So there's stuff in the world that we we look at and we go, what, what are they doing? We don't get it. Today's topic in what doesn't stuff that doesn't make sense. I'm gonna yeah, go ahead, read it. You see, it. go ahead. I'll do it. Right. <laughs> so, well, Ty can't, can't pull himself together enough to read this to read this thing, but he's the one who wrote it. Oh, and don't thought, write, You're gonna read but, it for beta? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm gonna throw you under the bus on this Great. because. But it's interesting because here's the thing that doesn't make sense. Japanese porn. <laughs> so what's the point of a decency law that results in blurred out insertion and genitals 
But the end result is that you can still completely tell what it is and what's happening. So, <laughs> applying decency laws to porn is the thing that does not make sense. Well, so, first of all, do you, is, there must be a law, right? I'm assuming. I, I did not look this up, by the way. <laughs> I did not go like, our hey, cracker so... Jack, our Cracker Jack research staff did not, did not go go into the into I didn't really feel like googling yes why is there blurred out porn genitals in it <laughs> but Japanese that's the thing porn. they don't blur out the whole thing I mean just the just the just the bit just the just right. the, the bits well and then sometimes it's it's a really sort of shoddy blurkle situation where it's like that's not even blurred out it's just it's just it's just like barely the camera's a little out of focus or something <laughs> so this it, it's a funny thing that happens with that, with Japanese porn, but I'm gonna tell. Let me, let's go into the wayback machine, young people. Let me take you back in time, to where <laughs> porn was hard to get. Like Ty, you grew up in the internet age, so you've never had like serious challenges. Well, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe it's, it's, I was dial. Uh, I was I was dialing dial up all the way through <laughs> high school. So I mean, it was. It was challenging. So, so, but for modern people, getting <laughs> yes. porn is like the easiest thing possible. Like now, when I was a teenager, this is like this is like when getting porn was actually a full time job, where I had to like find new and innovative ways to like get a hold of dirty pictures. The 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 first thing is about <laughs> blurred porn is I spent years watching scrambled porn on satellite. Now, if you really want, if you really want decency laws, to like nothing can hold me back from decency laws because I was the guy who tried to dial in like whatever the Spice Channel on <laughs> on the satellite, so that so that you know you could catch maybe one little glimpse of like of porn. Back when also <laughs> porn, back, also back when porn like had a bunch of storyline in it. Like, thank God they did away with all that because you might actually get a decent, like, like sometimes it was really scrambled and sometimes it wasn't so scrambled. Mm-hmm. And if you caught the not so scrambled and they're like in the middle of some storyline, you're like, this, what are you doing? <laughs> you're killing me and my parents are coming home. So it's like, you know, you had to, you had to really, you had to really work for it. I'll tell and you I what, think- in, uh, in about fifth or sixth grade, we used to do the sleepovers at the guy's house whose dad had the Playboy channel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, where are we hanging out on Saturday? David's house. Why are we going to, da- why yeah. are you going to David's house again? And then I think his dad's like knew we were always, and it was his stepfather too. So it was really, really super weird. Like, <laughs> like it was one of those things where it's like, why does your dad have this? It seems like he knows that you watch this TV, but he, he didn't. And it was like, I remember that the, the threat of being caught by it, it, he was a scary stepdad. So there's like a threat of being caught all the time. <laughs> um, but believe me, I'm familiar with the, the, the scarcity issue. I, I was far too familiar with, with uh, the, the sports illustrated swim, swim, swimsuit issues, especially the ones that, you know, involved any sort of a, uh, a see-through mesh situation or any kind of situation like sure. that. Sure. Uh, I was also in quite a, you know, a bit of an artist when I was a teenager. So I used to actually redraw things just without the clothes. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a crafty. That's like, you're like the Etsy of porn. DIY. I had to, I had to draw my own dirty pictures. Pretty much. Hey, yeah. Hey, that's not a bad deal. I mean, I, I, I salute your ingenuity. 
you know, sidebar on the SI swimsuit issue because I, for some odd reason, like I got it. I had a, I had a, uh, a subscription to Sports Illustrated this year. I think somebody gifted it to me. By the way, a triple double sidebar. Sports Illustrated used to be like an actual magazine, and now it's like a like a five page brochure. Oh really? That comes. Oh, it's it's like I haven't so seen thin. One in a long time. <laughs> it's like a threefold brochure, except for the swimsuit issue, which comes out like four hundred pages. But I still understand is, the market for that either. I know, but people love it, and I you know so it came and I leafed through it, and I was like, yeah, it's it's still it's still a quality production, but. They, I mean, it's basically just nude women. It's like it's it's as nude as Playboy is. I mean, they sort of tip the angles, but none of the none of the models are wearing swimsuits in any of the pictures. Right now, it's just all paint. Now it's all paint. It's all like naked. I mean, it's like just naked. Just naked I remember women. like they, they used to actually like sell the swimsuits. Like there was a thing, and the blurb had the, sw- the swimsuit issue. Like there was a little blurb, a price. like yeah, yeah, like a like yeah. a designer and price. Yeah, like here's now, who this is and where you can find it and how much it costs. It's not about that anymore. <laughs> it's not about that anymore. But you try to think that, you know, what's their, you know, who are they competing with, right? It's basically they're pay- competing with the Victoria's Secret catalog, which yeah, is Yeah, this is free, not a new take, it? right? Yeah. But, you know, like I said, so for the Japanese people, back to our thing, for the Japanese people to say, we're going we're gonna to have some decency, we're, we're going to put decency in porn by, by knocking this out, it really isn't going to, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt the experience for me. I think it makes it kind of quaint, <laughs> kind of. It's kind of cute. I just but, it, wait, wait, okay. So obviously, there's some sort of obscenity law that keeps this in place. I just want to understand: is it just a matter of they don't feel like? Do other people in the in the Japanese political process are like, yes, we're doing something really good for our country here. Like, is it important to them to maintain this situation? I mean, or, or you know, is, is there like? I want to know if there's like a. This, it, Sort of like it's like a, a weed discussion in America. There's sort of two right. factions. One's just right. like, look, it's not that big of a deal. Just chill the hell out and, and let people do what they want to do. And then, you know, crazy people, demon, whatever, it's going to kill you. And it's a right. gateway and all this other thing. Well, so maybe. is it like that? Uh, is it like that in the porno then? With it, where there's like people are like, look at what you're talking about. There's no reason for us to continue to do this. <laughs> And frankly, it's making us uncompetitive on the international stage because it's costing extra for us in post to blur out all the D's and B's. <laughs> right, right. And I think that if, if we have any Japanese listeners, maybe they could uh, write us some email and, and let us know what it's like to live in a country that has some weird puritanical streak running through its culture. No idea what's oh, like. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> because we have no idea what that's like in this country. It's just one of those funny little contradictions that every culture has. They just it just appears in this funny little way. I I'm know. just fa- I'm fascinated by the by the the background political process. That's that's because really what I'm getting. You just at. want I really to get wanna... involved in like the discussions. At yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I want to know. The, I want to know at the FCC <laughs> at the Japan FCC, like the meeting. Like, oh, we got a meeting scheduled today about pixelated porn. <laughs> Like, again. again, again. It's like we gotta talk about this some more. All right, how many people want to keep the pixels? Raise your hand. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, how many people are like? Yes, we need to keep people safe. People can't be watching those things. We need to blur those things out because it's dirty. I it's like I thought we settled this. Well, Han keeps putting it on the agenda. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> He's Tonic, got the he's got Tonica, the votes. We have Tonic, to listen to Tonica-san. Tonica-san, he's, yes. he's putting this on the agenda. 
<laughs> he wants those pixels off. <laughs> I want the pixels off too, by the way. So if my vote counts, take the pixels off. Let it be. They should. They should allow it to be roam free. It's people weird. It's, I feel like it makes people look like they have a robot member. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't know. It's just from the people that, that bring you the dirtiest cartoons on the planet. Well, this is the this is kind of what I was driving toward eventually. <laughs> right. so, like, given that the weirdest possible things are available via Japan. Right. Why right. is the straightforward stuff feel like right. it needs to be blunted? <laughs> right. <laughs> we could produce the dirtiest cartoons in the world the world class dirtiest cartoons and yet again the FCC is like well that's not real yeah well that's, he's saying, I know for me I'm not into the tentacle stuff because I can't picture myself as the tentacle so it doesn't work for me <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly why we watch it anyway well man is that is the Model T coming up it's right there it needs to bail us out <laughs> tremendous all right all right, let's wrap this thing up. We have the NFL roundup. Yes. Hi, how did you do last week? Not as good, not as good. Obviously, I wasn't super confident in my picks last week. Uh, last week, so I went two and three. I had Minnesota as a two and a half point favorite over Green Bay. That was no problem as they shut them out. No Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I had the Rams as a six and a half point favorite over Tennessee. They won, but did not cover. Uh, Buffalo. By, the, the, by the way, sidebar, sidebar on that. Todd Gurley is still running. He ran all game against Seattle and then he went and then they played Tennessee and he was still running every time I turned on the TV the guy's running loose I you know I tweeted a picture of this right after it happened in a video quick video clip I don't know if you saw this but there's a play early in the first quarter where he caught the ball behind him so he, he twists his body while he's running across the field he twists his body backwards to catch the ball behind his head and at the, in, in the same motion secures the ball turns his body upfield and then je- like hurdles the first defender and then trucks the second guy as they go up out of bounds. Like he gains an extra eight or 12 yards that there was no, where the ball was placed. It, it was lucky to be a completion period. And then this, this dude turns it into like a big gainer with just the incredible feats of athleticism. <laughs> Guy's disgusting. Yes. I'm, I'm so pissed that he plays in our division. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. I'm also worried about the about Jimmy G down in San Francisco. I might have mentioned that last week. <laughs> All right. Next one. So I also had Buffalo as an 11.5-point dog in New England. They obviously – hey, to, at halftime, that bet looked great. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Halftime. Great at halftime. I mean, this whole – this might – we might have to be another segment. But the, that whole overturn of the Kelvin Benjamin touchdown – so bad. Okay, it's, so I've, I've come full circle on the catch rule. It is, in my opinion, possession, and that's it. Like, control and possession. Your feet are down. If you fumble the ball after that, then it's a fumble. I'm sorry. You caught it. I, I want more fumbles. More fumbles, not less fumbles. Who, who's, who's anti-fumble? Right. That was a catch, and then you fumbled it. Yes. And if it's in the end zone and you have possession, it's a touchdown. That's it. I don't care what happens after that. Because it doesn't matter for the runner. Right. Yeah, you could just stick that thing over there, and if someone slaps it out of your hands, like, oh, he broke the plane. Right. It's like, so you're really telling me now that the catch rule and the runner rule is that it's down to, like, how many steps you had to take before you, you know, before you're actually a runner. And no one really knows what that is. There's no defined set. Like, the football move language has gone out of the rule. Um, you got to complete the process. Yeah, you've got to control it through the ground. It's all it's all messed up. No, I'm it's sorry. All just up. just uh, catch and possession and, and more fumbles. Who cares? What that, that's not a problem. 
Anyway. All right. Um, I had uh, Washington as a three and a half point favorite over Denver, and because I think that Denver's toast, and Washington beat them by thirteen. Uh, and then I had Houston that nine and a half point dog, um, and they got smoked by Pittsburgh, obviously. Yeah, well, you knew that was good. You you were a little iffy on that one last week, Eddie. That was your you you were stretching Again, for that one. It was an angle play. I didn't. Pittsburgh had not played well on the road this year, and I know they needed the game. But uh, minus Antonio Brown, I was kind of like, all right, well, maybe they'll suck again this week. Didn't happen. No, unfortunately, Houston was double suckier. Yes, the, the worst. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, never bet on that bad quarterbacks. Even I mean, home, right? is it betting on TJ Yates? <laughs> it's not yeah, good. It's, it's flawed at yeah. best, right? And then the, uh, uh, what was the other guy's name? Meineke? Like he came in. <laughs> <laughs> the discount muffler man. Yeah, he came in, there? got the brakes done, get the, the muffler rip, rigged up. I don't. Know. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even watch. That I was another great I tweet I saw. Was, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't watch that game at all. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick's first witness in the collusion trial. Uh, this guy, whoever this guy is. <laughs> Meineke. Yeah, why is this guy playing? Heineken, <laughs> someone, I think maybe his name was. So, someone explained this to me. Anyway, you went out on a limb. You went two and three. Yeah, so back yeah. to 500 for the picks since we started here at the end of the season for the that, pod. That, you've got one. So this is like the sort of the horrible burned out land that exists in betting right now. Because who knows what's going to happen. Oh, week between, 17. Yeah, week 17. I mean... I'm going to make you make some bets here. I'm going to make you make some predictions. But everybody who's bet a football game knows that this is just – it's impossible to figure out what teams so, you're going to do, who they're going to save. Yeah. So what do you got? So my picks are very much along that line. It's the complete motivation bets. Uh, yeah. Because when I was looking at the lines, I, just, I, I didn't see any value anywhere because anywhere where there's value, there's a you know there's a resting starter situation. Um, anyway, sorry. So – uh, Minnesota is a 12 and a half point favorite over Chicago. Minnesota is still playing for a buy. Yeah. So they'll, they'll, they'll put the boots to they'll yeah, put Chicago's the really bad. Yeah. Really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, I have the Seahawks as a seven and a half point favorite over Arizona. I don't like that bet. I didn't want to take them. They were my last pick of the five that I'm taking this week in Arizona. No, it's here. Oh, it's here. Yeah. Oh, good. Did I say in Arizona? No, uh, I just said, I don't know. I don't know uh, what I did. I'm reading I it backwards. Sure. So something, you know, it's easy to screw up. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Because I, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember if we played there earlier. But there's something about University of Phoenix Stadium, man. No one can kick up. The, the worst grass in oh, yeah, the yeah, NFL. Yeah. Like every kicker, like Hanschka couldn't make a, Hauschka couldn't, uh, Hauschka couldn't make a, <laughs> sorry about, sorry about that, Chris Hanschka, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Chris. Steven, His name's not Chris. No, no. I have a friend named Chris oh, Hanschka. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, so, <laughs> so Stephen Hauschka couldn't kick in off that grass. And then, of course, we shipped him out of town because everyone thought he sucked. And then he went and made like – then he got to kick off the artificial turf in Buffalo and made like 400 in a row. I always had faith in Hauschka. He just had a little confidence issue. I just think that was a, that was a salary thing. He was going to have to be resigned and he was going to get like $4 million a year. And I just don't think they want to pay it. Well, I'm just—I just know that nobody can kick on that stupid grass. So, the fact that it's here makes me feel better. Yeah, it's here, and we're supposed to get decent weather. Yeah, we'll we'll at home we'll beat we'll beat the brakes off those guys because we hate them number one. So if we can if we can pile on some points onto the Cardinals, we'll definitely do it. Yeah, and they just don't—I mean, their skill position other than Larry—they they're just they're really decimated. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, I have New Orleans as a seven and a half point favorite over Tampa. That's in Tampa. Tampa's but. imploding. That's a good. Uh, that's a that's a good uh, that's a good bet. I like that bet. The, yep. the Saints are sharp. Yeah, I worry about the Saints outdoors on grass. Um, but again, they're playing for division title, so I'm just looking for any 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 team that should win by this by their margin, their point margin, and uh, who has motivation to do so. Yeah. So in that uh, same vein, I have Carolina as a three and a half point dog over Atlanta in Atlanta, and I don't like that bet either. But truth be told, if I'm going to pick Seattle, I sort of have to pick against Atlanta too. Too. Right. Right. But but you know, they. I think that. Uh... I think that there's some funny bad blood that goes on in the NFC South. For sure. Which which I like. Yeah, division games. I think it, it's really interesting because I think they all hate each other. Yeah. I think, I think they so really I think they really honestly don't like each other. So the uh so I think there's gonna be a little extra spice in that uh in that Falcons Carolina game. So, you know, hopefully we get it. Um, well and then I saw more, I guess, of that Panthers game that I would have expected to last week. I don't know if it was just on red zone a lot or what, but uh, even though that was kind of a crappy game and they didn't look all that great, um, Cam seems like he's feeling it. Mm-hmm. And I, when Cam is feeling it, I don't want to bet against him because that's when he's good is when he thinks the team is good and thinks the team can win. He's definitely a front-running type emotional player, the yeah. guy who needs to feel like the team's going to win. He doesn't will them to victory. He puts them over the top if they're already moving toward it. Right. Anyway, right. so I, I like betting on Cam when he's got the look. and. And he's got the look. Yes, to me. All right, yeah. sing the song, Sheena Easton. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's the wrong one. It's, oh, I don't know which one you're talking about. Um, she's got the look. It was like a, you know, it's a Sheena Easton Prince written song from. Like I don't think that if you polled a hundred people, I think if you polled a hundred people, eighty-five of them give you a. Is it Jesus Jones? <laughs> <laughs> no, wait a minute. What? What? Shut it. No, what is it? Yeah. This is this great radio right here. No, this is this is where it's at. Hang on, we got to come up with this. Wait a minute, it's um, it's not Jesus Jones. It's uh, it's Roxette. There you go. Thank you. God. And I should have known that. That's a terrible job by that's me. A ter- that's a terrible song. <laughs> it's no Sheena Easton. <laughs> She's got the look. Well, I'll look that up when we're done. Maybe I'll tack, maybe I'll tack, tack that, that on, into the outro tack, this week. Yes, tack <laughs> that onto the outro this week because I know that all of our listeners loved hearing "98 Degrees the Gift," which is the greatest Christmas song. In the history of Christmas songs. Well, like I told you, I don't think I'd ever heard that song before. And then two days later, I was out Christmas shopping and it came on in the overhead at the, the PA at the store. And I was like, God damn it. That should tell you exactly what my point. That, that solidifies my point is that it is a nationally known and beloved Christmas song. Speaking of Christmas songs, my I did torture my daughter for the better part of three days by singing All I Want for Christmas is Juice. <laughs> and she was getting really upset. She's like, "It's not juice." <laughs> but but I do. That's all I want. Yeah, I just want all juice. Right. I don't understand what the problem is. All right, last pick. Uh, again, motivation pick. Chargers eight and a half point favorite over Oakland in uh, the Los Angeles Soccer Arena. <laughs> <laughs> they should stay there. They're playing well. The Chargers have a their fan situation going. is ridiculous. I can't believe oh. we have a homeless team in the NFL. <laughs> I know. It's it's awful, but I think they've uh, I think they've got a little something going. Even though yeah. I, it's impossible for me to root for Philip Rivers under any circumstance, he's but so I think... crazy. It's great. <laughs> I can't root for him. I can't root for that shot put throwing like craziness. I don't know. I just don't. He gets the job done. You know, I like anytime he makes the late Hall when he. Famer. I like anytime he makes the full laser face engage. That's, that's my favorite. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't root for him, but they're playing well, and and Oakland's a little lost. So we'll see what uh, we'll see how that that turns out. All right. Well, that's it for me. That's all I got. Cool. Well, hope uh, good luck with that. Anyway, Merry Christmas, Ty. Hope you had a good one. Yeah, you too. And a Happy Merry New Christmas. Year to everybody. Uh, I guess we'll be back. It'll be 2018. It will be 2018. Yeah. So next, next time, time we, we do, do this, it. it'll be 2018. And uh, I think next time we might be talking a little uh, a little Last Jedi. So I'm sure everyone's seen it. We might uh, dive a little bit into it. And so uh, so if you haven't seen it, go out and see it before you listen to our podcast next. Cause, you know, Just make sure you continue to listen to the least most essential podcast uh, <laughs> to, hit the, <laughs> to hit the airwaves in the last four weeks. <laughs> All right. Peace out, my brother. All right. Have a good night. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Never